Hello, horror fan best friends and ghoulish knights, and welcome to the 37th episode of Murders with Mertens. I am your host, Joe, and this is a podcast about horror. What, in a row? 37 in a row? Hey, you. Get over here. Comedy horror, body horror, folk horror, sci-fi horror, the horror adjacent thrillers, the psychologically terrifying scary films in general. Each episode, I sit down with a guest and discuss one of their favorite scary films so we can gush about everything that makes it just so damned cool. Viewers, thank you for the support. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe if you are so inclined. It all helps to get the word out and bring some much-needed love to this little podcast. Audio listeners, the show is also available on podcast services around the world like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So don't forget to leave a rating when you stop by. Five stars is always appreciated. But enough of all that housekeeping, because today I have the privilege of welcoming, well, yeah, welcoming back for his third appearance, Mark Freeman. Mark, how the hell are you? I'm not too bad. I'm in holiday mode. Nice. Oh, got the recap juice ready. Cool, cool, cool. New York at the end of the week. Nice, nice. Well, first of all, I knew uh, that I would get a never-ending amount of shit for not having you on episode 37, especially after... I backseed episode 37 before the podcast even existed or was named or whatever. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. Well, especially after you tricked yourself into coming on for Scream 3. So, you know... You tricked me. Nah, I, not at all, man. You just misremembered. Because I merged like the Jay and Silent Bob, re, uh, Jay and Silent Bob strike back scenes with the scream scene. Yeah, which I is easy to do because I was doing that myself before I rewatched that film. It's a good thing that that movie is actually kind of, uh, you know, can't be fun. So. What was it, 12 <laughs> seconds or something? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. But 12, yeah. 15 seconds, I was so livid. <laughs> Like I said, it's a good thing that that movie is kind of goofy fun to begin with. So otherwise, you know, yeah, yeah. But uh, very, very happy to have you back on um, because especially, you know, episode 37, of course, we have to do something else Kevin Smith related. Today's film is the 2014 comedy slash body horror film Tusk. Written and directed by Kevin Smith and starring Michael Parks and Justin Lawn. This is the first film of Smith's True North trilogy. And it uh, sounds like uh, probably next year, the way things are going for uh, Mills Jaws. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very much looking forward to that because I, you know, haven't, uh, I believe it or not, I have not seen Yoga Hosers. I just have not gotten around to that one, but uh, now, now after watching this, you know, you need to see the the, the spit off. Yeah, yeah, because of uh, you know not only the same uh, you know stable of actors, but also a lot of the same characters coming back. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'll get around to it eventually, and especially before Moose Jaws. But Moose Jaws just seems a little bit more up my alley. Uh, we'll find out. We'll find out. Yeah, four. Um... Yeah, four of the characters from this film, at least. If well, like in main roles as opposed to guest roles, I believe some other ones make guest roles. But yeah, and at least a lot of the same actors, so it'll be it'll be good, or at least fun. <laughs> Maybe not good, but at least fun. <laughs> as you know, five Harley as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Mark, uh, top level thoughts about Tusk. I I mean. It's similar to Red State. The film is absolutely 
parried on its shoulders by Michael Parks and the most amazing, creepy, like not creepy, but then suddenly creep, like the way he walks that line and just twists and like opens and like does is just. I'll tell you, I was pleasantly surprised because this is the second time that I've seen this. I saw it when it yeah. probably when it first came to you know home video in one form or another, and have not seen it since. But uh, I really appreciated uh, this rewatch, and I'll tell you, I really appreciated Justin Long's performance in this one. Yeah. Uh, oh, exclusive. Sorry to promote another podcast, but a podcast oh. I believe we both love. We got an exclusive from Josh Rouse. Ah, Doctor Josh Rouse on Out of Our League podcast. Two weeks before the filming of this started, Michael Parks had a heart attack. I believe, or two months, something, something along those lines. Yeah, Josh Rouse was literally there as the make sure Michael Parks doesn't fall over kind of. Yeah, I like to just make sure he was all right and keep him healthy and safe, but. Did not want anyone to know about it, etc. And you know, had some vocal issues. Everything about like you could not tell. I watched this film; you could not tell in the slightest of his performance. And then, like, he was having trouble walking and stuff, and plays into some of the other stuff in the film. But yeah, it's a good thing he's sitting down for about half of his performance. It, <laughs> but when he's doing it, like when he's walking, you know, it's you know, he know, like it's so. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, Justin Long, everyone in it, Gila Point, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, I'm going to have to spoil one of the best bits of Yoga Hosers later, but. That's all right. That's all right. I, I, I just don't know that it will be that spoiled ultimately for me. <laughs> no, no, it won't be. Don't worry. But it's, it's probably one of the funniest parts of Yoga Hosers is. It's something to do with Gila Point. That'll and probably work. what you didn't notice in this film, but that gets very much exaggerated in the next film, thanks to right. him bringing his own makeup artist to do it. <laughs> well, you know, Mark, one thing I got to say about this film compared with Red State is just how much of a better looking film this ultimately is. I... I I honestly think that this is so much more to your sensibilities. It's just a, a better shot film. Ultimately, I, I don't. I mean, but I think Red State is amazingly shot. It, it's that different kind of. You know, this is shot pure horror. It's got those classic horror sort of amazing shots, like the. Uh, I, the, I think there's just the, a very the, specific know. look to this film that uh, Red State was fairly kinetic. That, like, yeah, kinetic shots, etc. Not to mention like, the, the fact that I think point. Red State just I don't know. It, it felt like it was um, maybe just on the tail end of that. This was shot on digital video type of uh, you know look yeah. from that era. I I don't know, uh, but Maybe. yeah. Also, come on. This is fucking a Kevin fucking Smith film. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, I don't think this Red State. You were like, "What the hell? This is a Kevin Smith film." Now you're like, 
Yeah, and maybe just because this was a nice uh, A24 release, was which I do not remember this being, but yeah, it definitely uh, seems to fit that A24 mold just a little bit more. Um, but uh, and he knows where to get his money from. You know it. You know it. Um, but yeah, I, I appreciated and this watch so much more. The people the who put money into this film make a lot of money. <laughs> Again, Kevin Smith, the best investment in films. Yeah. Just because you guaranteed a return. He asked for such a small budget. You don't make masses. You don't make hundreds of millions. But return on investment, fantastic. You know, and guarant- pretty much guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. I really hope A24 do Moose Jaws. Because can you just imagine an oh, A24? Because yeah. it'll just go out. People, like, he'll probably, like, remove his name from it. You know, like on the first trailer, just get a A24 like Moose Jaws trailer. There'd just be so many people not watching it that don't realize it's the Kevin Smith film and be like, wow, a film about Jaws on land yep. with a moose in yep. Canada. <laughs> From A24? Yes. Yeah, yes. Sign me up. Absolutely. <laughs> and then a film by Kevin said, what? Yep, exactly. <laughs> Can't be that Kevin Smith. <laughs> Literally, that Kevin Smith on everything. Well, as chatty as the original Jaws was, uh, ultimately, this will work. This will work. I'm looking forward to it. It's um, all in good time. You know, we've uh, got two different strikes still going, uh, the writers and the uh, actors, and uh, wish them all the yep. best. But uh, I am hoping to go to the picket line next Wednesday. Outside oh, nice. Rocks. Nice. And, you know, I uh, looked it up. They don't start. They only do like Wednesday to Friday in New York. So okay. it's like my only opportunity to go, but go well, take him some water or something. Yeah. Well, solidarity, brother. That's, uh, yep. I, I, uh, I appreciate the gesture. For what you did to all of the, my favorite shows during the previous writer strike. <laughs> yeah, there was that. Uh, Chuck definitely suffered a little bit. So did Heroes. It's, uh, if I might get some poster board and take a Chuck slide. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you for what you did to Chuck. <laughs> well, just like I, I uh, boy, I can't believe I had never heard the story, but I uh, found a new hate for Bob Iger uh, just because of finding out what he did in the second season of Twin Peaks. He's the one that forced the show to basically reveal Laura Palmer's killer and ruined the second season because there was no point any longer. <laughs> Oh, damn. Doesn't I've that suck? First season. Doesn't that suck? I've only watched the first season. Well, ultimately, there's a lot of fun I'm stuff in the second season. It was, so. Oh, no. Uh, there's a lot of fun still in the second season, but yeah, it just loses its momentum up until like the very end of that season. So it's still worth a watch, but just understand there's going to be a little bit of a lull for a bit. Um. But uh, yeah, this this is not a David Lynch podcast. This is a Kevin Smith podcast right now. Uh, Mark, what do you say we hop in? Um, Open with seagulls. Yeah. Yes. And a nice reminder that this is an A24 release, (laughs) which you were not expecting unless you were just a little bit more in the know about this film. But uh, I didn't notice. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not a horror fan. 
Not that they're exclusively horror. They're just well known for a lot of their horror films. But uh, yeah, we we get the uh, the typical podcast banter and laughter for seagulls are not part of the podcast. No, like like that sound fades out. Yep, and you get your typical laughter and cutting up of uh, podcast banter for NazePartyDotcom. That's N O T S E E, not to you know be confused with. Yep, (laughs) loads of basically Kevin Smith artwork for Fat Man Beyond, Babylon, and all the rest of it repurposed to be for their. We are, we are introduced to our host Wallace and Teddy, played by Justin Long and Kelly Joel Eisman. On actual events. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Kind, kind of. <laughs> kind of. It is based on actual events. Yep. In a way. So, yeah, we get these two doing their typical bullshit uh, podcast stuff that we are very, very used to at this point in time. Uh, and we shift to sort of an internet explorer style segment where they're about to watch a video, uh, that someone has submitted to them. Um, and we get, uh, one of their t-shirts. Yeah. Yeah. So wearing the same t-shirt as one of the podcast hosts, etc., which is also a rip on the Kevin Smith, sir, t-shirt, I believe mm-hmm. for like his podcast network t-shirt. Yeah. Same and colors. We are, um, we are introduced to the Kill Bill kid, which is clearly a riff on uh, the Star Wars kid. Uh, we all remember that one. Uh, but yeah, um, we get this uh, dude in his garage swinging a katana around and ultimately lops his own leg off. And the look on his face, it's just a couple of seconds after it happens when he realizes what he's done and he starts to fall forward it's just absolutely perfect i love it literally in credits there was a whole that like literally a whole company did this video (laughs) (laughs) it was just done so perfect again oh and it looks great kevin film you're like what huh like this what again perfectly done like perfect internet video everything you think and then like really realistic like for its time and era like cgi and all the rest of it <laughs> it's not like doesn't yep. look like it's a prank video from one of their followers that they've done that they've done the digital things of looks like a real video yeah yeah it's introduced with some, in that point yeah that it would be yeah, it's introduced yeah, with some tasks that it was... would be submitting them faked videos or right Right. It's introduced with a little bit of text in the video that it was found on a uh, on a laptop that was bought at like a yard sale or something in Winnipeg, Um, which doesn't make sense. Yeah, unless he was like selling some of his stuff for. um, But but no, why would he be wearing one of their T-shirts? If he were if if then he like he would have submitted that video to them, like if one of us did that something that ridiculous we'd be submitting it to internet i mean we would but come on roughly 10 years ago i don't know about that um but again like uh, the podcast clearly was about them watching videos and all the rest of it because there's the other bit later on about them watching his first stand-up and all the rest of it oh yeah be like internet we would be submitting if we did something okay 
Now, not again, chop our own leg. But if we did put... something of that caliber, we would be submitting that as a fun clip. We'd be paying the five dollars to tip you know, or whatever to submit that as a fun clip. That and again, we would, would, but uh, we'll get to a moment a bit later where we realize uh, how messed up and despondent this kid ultimately was about the whole situation. But yeah, uh, again, other things later on about you know turn down Oprah and through like. In- <clears throat> implies very much to what i'm saying i think yes i don't know but uh ultimately uh yeah they dog on this poor kid and mentioned that uh wallace is going to be flying to canada the next day to interview uh the kill bill kid um basically that's the whole conceit of this show uh he flies and travels out to different areas to interview you know uh goofy weird or interesting people and then he brings the stories back to uh teddy who ultimately does not travel and uh the title of the show the nazi party is because he does not see these people it's all uh secondhand uh information ultimately but um and a good premise for a podcast of someone goes see something and then comes back to explain it to to the Mm -hmm. other person because if both of them win it wouldn't Right. Probably wouldn't work as well as a conversation on a podcast. No, not at all. And it, it, it does kind of feel like a podcast from 10 years ago, too. It just... Uh, yeah, but I mean, come on. Like, if anyone's going to nail podcasting in a film, it's going to be the podfather oh, yeah. himself, Kevin Smith. Yeah. Who was doing it before Joe Rogan. Yeah. Before, like, he's, like, one of the first two or three people doing podcasts because he went on someone's podcast and went, wait, you can do this, like... What, you can do this like it doesn't have to go on the radio people like, <laughs> didn't realize about server farms that's why um uh, uh what's it called the thing you know these are his first sponsor <laughs> but ultimately um, yeah um yeah. yeah we cut to wallace uh the next day he's uh in canada he's uh dealing with the border the agent uh yep harley from epic meantime um they, they, Tonight? yeah, they compare. Fa- pizza with? <laughs> nice. <laughs> KFL three. Yep. <laughs> and it was like the queue for wing wings is way too long. Like I'm going to go get some pizza because I've been there a year before. Like we do, like drinking wine, um, pizza and then go and join the queue. <laughs> so <laughs> when I actually get to the front, I'll be hungry. <laughs> so <laughs> go yeah. down there, in the pizza shop. Da, 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 da. Harley walks in behind. Like, I was a massive dude, dude too. And he walks up and goes, What's the largest pizzas you do? Okay, I'll take three of them. Mike <laughs> gives us the money, walks off. Like, he obviously goes back to hang out with the people. Then stood there in the shop with the people. It's like, Do you realize who that is? That's a bloke from Epic Meal Time. One of the chefs from out the back comes running out, going, What? 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 Uh-huh. <laughs> and then takes pictures. <laughs> stuff when i get free drinks for the rest of the time i'm there <laughs> nice but i know i had a nice when he came back to get the pizza i had a nice little chat with him as well lovely oh. lovely dude very cool very cool uh yeah they uh compare facial hair and uh wallace uh commits the faux pas of admitting to a canadian that he does not follow hockey and we get into canadoos and canadotes um great exchange between them um you know, we get the whole, we're not nice, we're optimistic. There's a difference line. <laughs> um, 
red, white, but never blue. Yeah, yeah. They're never... You'll notice it's, it's all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> T-shirts in the shop, all sorts of things. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and, uh, this is where, uh, Wallace describes the conceit of the podcast, uh, to, uh, the border agent and, uh, he, how he travels to weirder, interesting people and brings the story back to his partner who does not see it because he won't travel. And uh, as soon as Nazi party comes up, ooh, don't say Hitler in an airport. Yeah, don't say Hitler in an airport. <laughs> and <I'm> say <sorry>, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> but. Ultimately, yeah, we get to right away Wallace pulling up to the Kill Bill kid's house in his rental car. And no, we, uh, do we not? We cut yeah. to the. Does he not go to the bar first? Oh, no. No, no, the bar's afterwards uh, because he's getting out of the car and he sees he's and getting a call from Allie. Yep. Uh, Where's the ringtone from? Oh, I don't know what it's from, but ultimately it's one it's of those Hollywood Babylon's ones. Gotcha. No, it's from Hollywood Babylon. It's a Ralph Garvin joint of him doing uh, Al Pacino. Yeah, Al Pacino, or one of them, like doing the that song. Hmm. But yeah, ultimately, it's a call from his girlfriend Allie that he just sends right to voicemail. Um, yeah, uh, we we're very very quickly <laughs> realizing how much <laughs> of a dick he we got at the time. Is. Good idea. He didn't phone. realize quite yet what he was getting into when he sent that call to voicemail because it's afterwards that he walks towards the front porch and sees a wreath there. And he's like, oh, fuck. Flowers. Yeah. Yeah. And he starts walking around to the side of the house where he finds a bunch of cars and, uh, you know, maybe not but quite like, 20... when the flowers. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. No, like, well, like, he at least understands there's been a death. Maybe don't introduce yourself that way. Yeah, because uh, it's not until the uh, not quite 20 mourners there part ways and he sees the wheelchair with uh, the kid's photo and some flowers that he truly understands what has happened. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they. So one of my, again, complaints about this film, like the, all about this, this um, Star Wars kit here. Mm-hmm. Because again, it's kind of funny we're coming to my house to record a podcast with me. I'm probably killing myself for the next day. <laughs> you know, like, again, maybe, maybe just, he had already booked the thing, but I mean, we got to remember they were dogging on him like crazy on the podcast the day before he got there. So, in between, yeah, I know booking, take this shit out. Like, I know Kevin's gonna just be like laying into me for two weeks before he shows up there. Absolutely. Like, I mean, we get that part crazy. of the joke, but this kid was yeah. obviously despondent and um, yeah, ultimately I, killed himself with the same katana. Um, which, uh, where'd you get that detail from? Oh, uh, I thought that was somewhere there, but uh. Uh, I didn't get that detail. Regardless, he kills himself and he basically tells uh, his buddy Teddy about this in a rambling voicemail at the bar that night uh, where he just a moose on the wall Mm -hmm. framed in a very horror way when he opens on the moose and comes out. Yeah, this is where we get uh, Wallace just basically being one of the worst Americans you can possibly be in a foreign country. Uh, just wow. Uh, it's shocking that he didn't get 
you know, into a fight or something at this bar. He's in Canada. How would he? Dude, you've never seen Letterkenny, have you? <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm just <laughs> playing into the. Remember, they're not nice. They're optimistic. There's a difference. <laughs> that is a really good way of. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Canadians. And again, Kim Smith has a massive affinity for Canadians and Canadian mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah, he's uh, you know doing some fetching into this voicemail about how you know he spent all this money on the ticket and it's a worthless trip unless he can find somebody else to interview. Um, yeah, he's he's not a happy man there. Um, yeah, and absolutely obnoxious. Uh, just laying into the typical um, you know American opinions about. Uh, little bits of Canadian speech and culture and oof again, really surprised. Nobody decided to pick a fight with him at this bar, but jump right from that to him standing at the urinal and looks up and what does he see? Oh, (laughs) that handbill, uh, talking about sharing, uh, adventures. That voice. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. A lyrical voice that like, kicks in of the michael parks yep we get the narration rule you with a sentence yeah oh yeah if yeah. i say that sentence that one's gonna give if he says that sentence yep you're listening absolutely yeah. um yeah we uh basically the narration from the handbill is that uh he offers lodging uh to somebody you know in exchange for uh being regaled with uh tales of adventure all the person basically has to do is you know help him maintain his home a little bit because he's infirm he's in a wheelchair uh we get this as uh teddy or uh, not teddy wallace is doing some traveling we're uh getting him stopping at the uh a to z so do we want to insert this here or at the end of the where the uh the real where this all comes from I mean, you can go ahead and uh, you know spell this out here pretty quick. Into what the the thing of the the crux of this, how this movie comes about. Yeah, we we may as well jump into it now. Yeah, we don't get all the narration until after he leaves the A to Z, but uh, but yeah, we may as well get into it. Go ahead, Mark. There's a lot about in the A to Z. Don't want to talk about. (laughs) So, So, episode two hundred and fifty-seven of podcast the walrus and the carpenter a fantastic and Im- infamous episode where hit him and his longtime producer at this point now uh, you know well-respected director of his own right thankfully because they went to film school together and whoever wrote the script to their first movie the other would be the producer for them mm-hmm. because kevin did it quit and did it first then Scott became a producer and you know the rest of it. Clerks three, love letters, Scott Mosier. Um, we'll get into that later. <laughs> um so they are reading a advert for a gum tree on gum tree, which is basically Craigslist in the UK. Um and which is for a room to rent in Brighton. Which, if you're not within the UK, that is a fairly expensive city to live in. Not as expensive as London, but close 
um, and more funky London than, you know, close to London and funky, etc. You know, really up and coming place, etc. Um, overlooking Queen's Park, which also is like Hyde Park in London or whatever, or um, Central Park in New York. So a really like cool place to live in Brighton for a free room as long as and it to, once you read the yeah you, know, you spend two hours a day brackets on average yeah later <laughs> revealed on average dressed up as a walrus for which you get um free run of the house except for his bedroom and his workshop he has a fairly <laughs> impressive realistic um walrus costume that will fit most humans <laughs> makes a joke about not fitting him <laughs> at the time would fit him now um and uh yeah so you just have to do that you're not allowed to speak you can go online and hear sounds of walruses but you need to be able to like do a fairly real realistic or walrus thing and then um They'll be here. He's held, you know, he's going to hold auditions and the lucky candidate will get the room. It's also available to couples, but <laughs> it's implied very much that the man will be the walrus, um, etc. Um, and yes, so I think it's a, at this point, Mark, that uh, we need to talk about why you're wearing the shirt that you are and not something else. Um, <laughs> I, I did try and get, I did try and Amazon myself an inflatable walrus costume yeah. <laughs> for this podcast, but it wasn't going to show up in time. So I opted for the, yes, I really need all these walrus. Yup. Yup. <laughs> the walrus costume was not meant to be, and yeah. <laughs> it might and be for the best. And then basically them talking about the, like, the majority, like uh, so much of this film. They literally just sit there and just go, oh, this is, we're going to make this horror film, and it's going to be this, 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 <laughs> a few things that they say. We're not going to cut to the outside because that would be crap. We only want to see it there. Obviously, they had to in order to get the third act tension and all the rest of it. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, they just sit there for like an hour <laughs> doing this, <laughs> at which point they, they come up with the hashtag Warus yes and Warus no. Um uh, if you wanted the film, you had to tweet Walrus, yes. If you didn't want the film, you had to tweet Walrus, no. The fable is that afterwards, there was a sea of Walrus's yes. There was only one no. Walrus, <laughs> yes. It's really, uh, Walrus, no. It's really Walrus, yes. But I believe in the democratic <laughs> sign. <laughs> to offer a dissenting voice. That's good. So, That's uh, wonderful. Kevin Smith got stoned. Talk to his mate. <laughs> This film exists because of it. <laughs> and the people that posted that fake Gumtree ad are um, uh, producers on this and were flown out, etc. To like, they went into it, and I think they've got some small performances, but I couldn't, I couldn't work out where they were in the film. Gotcha. With, like a small cameo. Oh God, it, it's so perfect, Mark, because the 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 ad absolutely reads like a setup for a horror film i mean come on or a weird sex thing um but ultimately but no, it was yeah it was it was 
and it was so politely written. Yeah. And he then post like by the time they were reading it, he then posted this really nice message about I'm really sorry, but the root for all of your interest, I haven't been able to reply to all your message because I got so much interest, but just to update you, like I've found the person to rent the room you know i hope you i really hope that you find somewhere to live soon like so polite precious polite yeah you know, like elder gentleman like <laughs> politeness oh it's so fucked i love it yep <laughs> oh god um yes so we cut from here to wallace on the phone with uh a mr howe uh, while he is at the A to Z, the, uh, convenience store, um, getting, you know, one of those massive soft drinks that you tend to when you're in a place like that. Um, it's here where we're introduced to, um, the young ladies who will go on to star in, uh, both, uh, oh, yoga okay. hosers and, uh, the upcoming Moose Jaws. Uh, yes, we have, uh, Lily Rose Depp and, um, uh, uh Harley Quinn yes yeah yeah who are who who are who are childhood friends best friends etc um like it literally it was just like I need two teenagers oh she's always around let's put her and Harley in it like and it's perfect because they played the perfect quintessential disinterested teenagers who are on their phones for the entire you're exchange. Go. You're going to yeah. I do You've need to watch, watch it at some point. It's just, uh, I remember at the time I'm like, I don't need to watch this, but it's maybe perhaps I do. Again, like all of these films, like don't go in expecting necessarily what you want. Yeah. From a Kevin Smith film. It's not going to be the greatest movie of all time. Clerks three. <laughs> it's you know but it's gonna be a really interesting film i i'm gonna really surprise you i will at least chuckle a few times i am sure but uh yeah i, I gotta get around them, to it eventually both of them share, you know both of them have uh robert kirksman as their uh the famed special effects person doing all of their stuff for it you know nice very nice um yeah uh, this is where he gets basically directions. Uh, uh, he finds out that the guy lives in Bifrost, Bifrost. which is a couple of, uh, a couple hours away. And he's like, Ooh, Bifrost sounds erotic. Um, oh, yeah, yeah obviously <laughs> Marvel reference. Yeah. A little bit there. A little bit. Um, yeah, he just continues to be a dick to everybody involved. And I love oh, how the female shop is also in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that she is. Um, it's one of those things, too. This happens multiple times in this film where you get this little exchange, but it's not the full exchange. Or it could be that the main exchange is from an unreliable narrator later on. Um, yeah. it, it could easily be either. Um, but yeah, it, it's um, the, it's a little bit of a briefer version of uh, him interacting with these girls. But he's yeah, again the horror, typical, horror, typical, horror. Uh, typical American dick abroad, um, and he drives off, and we um, we oh, we get yeah, uh, yeah, yeah oh yeah, um, and we get uh, more of Howe's narration from the uh, the flyer as he drives, 
and he makes it to Pippi Hill, uh, Howard Howe's stately manor off in the woods somewhere in Bifrost, Manitoba. Um, yeah. And uh, he, it's one of those situations where you can't park super close to the house. He's got all these stairs he's got to climb and clearly he's freezing and he has to piss like crazy. And he just kind of bursts into the house and calls out hello. No knocking, no ringing a bell, none of that stuff. Um, but of course, he knows he's expected. Somebody opened the gate for him. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, they uh, meet each other upstairs. Uh, Wallace is there in a wheelchair in front of this roaring fire and he offers him tea, but eh, first he's got to use the head. Uh, you know, he's, uh, he's got to piss yeah, like a racehorse. He knows he's offering him tea. Yep. Oh, like the very, like the minute he gets the opportunity to, uh-huh. you know, he's offered. Yep. So in the, uh, in the, um, what the Canadians would really? call the washroom, um, but uh, it's funny, you know, he refers to it as a water closet instead, which it very much is. It's not a full bath. But uh, but yeah, we've got that really creepy toilet paper cozy staring at him as he pees. Uh, and just, just to kind of turn that around. Um, is that a thing over there? It's like an old person thing. It's, yeah. You don't see it very often, but it is... A thing when you go to your grand or somewhere, you, you know, yeah, like, or whatever, you know, yeah. whoever. It, it's a nice way to have that extra roll somewhere handy without it just being a roll of toilet paper sitting there on the back of the toilet. Yeah. Um, but with yeah. the blacked out eyes. Oh, I know those dead eyes like a doll's. <laughs> but again, at this point, it doesn't seem like a horror film. Yeah, right? I mean, well, like I mean, other than him just hinges, but there isn't other than eight. If you if, again, if you hadn't put a twenty four, if you just had like well, and again, productions, a twenty four isn't exclusively known for horror films, and they sure as shit weren't back in twenty fourteen. Oh, um, they? okay. Yeah, I mean, they've definitely become known for you know, sort of like highbrow horror films anymore. Well, but, high uh, quality indie. Like, but mm-hmm. with amazing premises and all the rest of it, like yeah, oh, yeah. films that you need to watch. But roughly ten years ago, if you're like me, yeah, <laughs> like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, Mark, stay away from talk to me. You are not going to enjoy that film. Um, I loved it, <laughs> but yes, it did. Oh yeah, uh, but ten years ago, yeah, not so much. Um, and he comes back out, uh, and they kind of, you know start getting to know each other a little bit. He pours him some tea, uh, which clearly he enjoys right away. Again, the minute he's walking into the room, he's pouring. Oh some tea yeah. For him. Yep. And, um, it's like, you get a sense of what's going on, but also not so much, you, you know, we'll get there. Um, and yeah. then he starts like giving a podcast of his wet dreams. Yeah. Like talking about Ernest, Ernest Hemingway. Oh and, yeah, um, and they kind of bond a little bit over flatulence. Uh, both Howe's uh, uh, former wife and uh, Wallace's uh, either his grandmother or his mother—I can't quite recall. But um, yeah, uh, he explains to Howard about his podcast, having to you know. Well, they cut to a flashback from the show uh, with you know. 
yeah <laughs> it's gross yeah. but uh you cut back to how like you're able to do all this stuff no repercussions okay and uh to to wallace explaining what this podcast is and what and what a podcast is in general to him is like having to explain this stuff to his mother but you know and then he mentions about how good the tea is uh, yeah was the over and over he's he's very pleased with this tea he's never quite then, had tea like and this. then uh, he obviously offers up well you have to steep the the leaves in brandy before you whatever do it Ernest Hemingway yeah or never do anything um drunk that you wouldn't do so or no never do yeah always do sober what you do drunk that'll teach you to keep your mouth yeah. shut um which is a quote that's attributed to Hemingway yes um but uh yeah, he's like, hey, I know that one. That's Hemingway, right? And he's like, yeah, Hemingway said that to me. And he goes all on this. Or like the, the real like mirroring of real life. Mm -hmm. like my, Michael Parks, like all of the, you know, Jeff Kevin Smith, like everyone that's like, he would do that to you. Be Clark Gable said this, like had such a life and i cannot wait and i was a bit annoyed that i didn't make it out to new york in january to see the rough cut of um lonesome highway yeah and i can't wait once he finally gets quentin for it to be uh released the story of michael like he has such a history he got black then got blackballed by hollywood then quentin got him into from dawn till dusk and then did these last you know finally you know managed to have this redemption art with Kevin and all the rest of it, like, but had that best story. It's like the talking to Josh. Dude, look at life. Like, like I said. Like, you, just, you, know, you just drop the biggest fucking name imaginable. You just be like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, Clark Gable said this to me. Or whoever, like, yeah, Charlton Heston. Like, yeah. Oh, taught Johnny Depp to ride a motorcycle on TV. <laughs> I know not John, uh, I taught Johnny Cash to ride a motorcycle yeah. on the Johnny Cash show. Like because he was a country singer. <laughs> he was a famous country singer, yeah. So yeah, yeah the dude singer. is a rich and interesting character for sure. Um yeah. but yeah, he starts to tell him the story of how yeah, Hemingway was on this uh vessel uh before D-Day. It was actually no. Operation Neptune because he wasn't allowed to be there on the beach because he was considered yeah, well, Operation Neptune was before D-Day, I believe, or something. It yeah. was it was different yeah. from D-Day. It wasn't yeah, he, he was on a vessel. Basically it was a scouting vessel and he was not allowed to be there. Well, Hemingway was kind of pissed about this. And so, you know, he, you know, went to go find some solace somewhere. What did he find? But a 16 year old, uh, how, uh, who is, uh, on KP duty peeling potatoes and he offered him some whiskey and they shared that bottle and, uh, you know, uh, good conversation. And ultimately, um, Wallace looks up and he sees this empty bottle, empty whiskey bottle, and he's like, no, but there's also before that, there's a moment with like Parks about talking about all of the people that didn't come back. Yeah, yeah, because you know, the next day it was ultimately the invasion and they got the reports, and yeah, it was, um, it was rough, it was rough, but uh, yeah, he sees the bottle and he's like, hey, you know, to some it's just an empty whiskey bottle, but when you can. Combine it with the story and the experience, it becomes so much more, right? 
and he's got all these cool artifacts just everywhere in the room and this is where uh wallace's attention is drawn to something over the fireplace <clears throat> yeah um ultimately it is a walrus stick bone we'll just leave it at that um <laughs> he, i didn't uh, know about this Do, like most other mammals other than like the whatever have thick bones i guess <laughs> but yeah. and, and of course wallace is like all about this because if that breaks that's gonna be oh yep yep um yeah that's um sorry, sorry for that image <laughs> nope nope we're all thinking it mark don't worry <laughs> But, uh, yeah, and of course, Wallace is like extra gross with this thing as he's handling it. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, um, and then we get the transition where we get the, um, thing to, oh, you know, the conversation with his girlfriend. Is that here? Yeah. Uh, not quite yet. Um, we, uh, get Howard starting to tell the story of, uh, what was it? The SS Anastasia um oh yes we yes to get the war and right. uh we start getting the walrus story and here's where you start noticing um that wallace is starting to get a little drowsy you know yeah, it's it's just yeah it's just brilliant he's acting. still drinking the tea more he's still drinking the tea he's still engaging uh howard with the conversation but yeah you definitely notice that something's up and the story goes on about how the vessel went down and ultimately uh howard uh, found himself hunting the they were hunting a great white yeah the, the, nice, the northern white or whatever it was something yeah the, yeah it was a great white but it was uh it was it was something to do with the yeah the in russia the russian great white or whatever that was like 30 meters long or something yeah yeah the how it's described is very similar to how uh the shark is described in jaws because obviously they want to have that little yeah, connection I mean, Yep. Love to put a George reference in. Just look you at know it. You know it. Um, so ultimately, yes, the vessel goes down and uh, Howard is, you know, sort of lost at sea with no one else. And he, you know, comes to a little rocky outcropping and, uh, and he starts swimming away. Well, then, there's the talk about how there's something in the water and he hopes that it's something, something going after his crew. And he hoped that it was got it filled from the rest of his crewmates or whatever. Yeah, again, but, uh, very, very similar to the USS Indianapolis monologue. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, he does find his way to, uh, to shore at one no, point he, or another, this little, uh, rocky outcropping he passes out and wakes up in the, on the rocky outcrop. Yeah. But regardless, he does make it there eventually. And what does he find? Oh, he finds one of the most beautiful things he's ever seen. <laughs> Miss Mr. Tusk. So named after an authority figure from the boys' home he grew up in, Mr. Tuskegee. Um yep. yeah. that's gonna come back. Uh, yep. Originally it was meant to be Gregory. Gregory. <laughs> was it from the podcast? The name of the horse was Gregory. Oh that's <laughs> just because some of their friends, like the yeah. But I think Mr. Tusk works a lot better. Oh, it's just perfect, so nice. isn't it? it also meant, the title of the film was also meant to be The Warrus and the Carpenter, but right. for, a, oh, a for a horror film with like and the, the poster with Tusk and the 
that's the blood of, yeah yep. so it works so much better yep and uh he's just wallace is just yeah yeah um so wallace is absolutely enthralled by this story but as it goes on we see that his vision is starting to blur as well and he's understanding oh shit there was something in the tea and i love the way he ultimately collapses um kind of face plants but also kicks the chair out from under him it's um they've done it a few so yeah you thought you might before as well it was it was very well played i think yeah oh yeah and uh we get from uh from howard uh what does he say they're there it'll be all right (laughs) oh so creepy that man can just enthrall you and then just Make the hairs on the back of your spine crow. Oh yeah. In the same sentence. <laughs> yep. The different the tiniest different of inflection or whatever. Yep. And this is oh. where we get the flashback to the prior day with Wallace and his girlfriend. Um and mm, uh, two days yes. ago, I think. Two days ago, wouldn't it be? Because it would have been day one would have been the Oh, I know. Probably... No, it's the same oh, day. Yeah, we've because... seen him one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah everything has yeah, really yeah. transpired in a fairly tight time frame here. But uh, yeah, in uh, <clears throat> a somewhat oh, intimate moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, also just her being upset with him that he's, you know, just kind of um, in some ways taking advantage of this poor kid. And it's just well, I, I degrading. Mean, yeah degrading i think it's more the point that yeah. going this make fun of it like it's like I, there's just also gonna go and make fun yeah. of him to his face or whatever like, there's also something quite poetic about this edgelord being unhappily edged in this scene um yes <laughs> because she's withholding uh from him because she's so upset with him about all of this um yeah yeah and but you know yes he is exploiting this kid, even though he denies it because, you know, he turned down Oprah for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then we get him just kind of, See, that's, that's the bit which makes, you know, about the timeline that just, and the, and the video, like that extra bit of cherry on the top of, he turned down Oprah for me. Like, yeah. So anyway, it's a chemistry but, film. Let's not pick it apart too much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this is where they kind of go back and forth about old Wallace and new Wallace. And yeah. he's just extra gross about new Wallace and, you know, how much money he's made off of new Wallace and, you know, how old Wallace was but, still but pathetic. Still, and, still at this point. You know, you, the, yeah. You can still side with him a little bit. Like it's not. Yeah. Like, Having gone full, yes, yeah, but uh, but yeah, it's you know, what did old Wallace ever have? And then you know, she makes the comment, Well, old Wallace had me, and well, wow, you feel for her in that moment, um, yeah, but uh, yeah, him just going on and on about new Wallace is absolutely disgusting, it, yeah. And also still wanting a little bit of release from her. Um, Yeah, it's a lot. And uh, you also get him in this moment talking about Teddy. And in typical Kevin Smith fashion, 
it is absolutely clear how much he's in love with Teddy as well. Um, just, just the way he's describing him and talking about him. It's, uh, he absolutely loves the man. I bet he's putting him down. I get putting him down, but also it's like, just the way that he speaks about him. It's like, yeah. And I don't mean like, but yeah. He's like you, like he's possibly oh, yeah. using him as an excuse. There's other as to why there. she can't come with, even though we learn yeah. very, very quickly why he wants to be alone. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, and then wakey, wakey. Well, no, uh, no. So no, I think this was one of the great transitions of this film. Obviously, of him he, lying back on the bed, finally maybe getting his release. Yeah cut to him yeah being woken up yeah yeah uh we got howard uh way off in the corner polishing a bone as uh wallace comes to um and then uh yeah this is one of those moments where i got a comment about how well this film is shot the great big uh like solarium or whatever you call it sunroom um where You've got Wallace in the wheelchair, just completely out of it, while um, while Howard just stares at him, polishing this bone that um, you know does in fact look a bit like a tusk. And we'll we'll, we'll get to that eventually here. Um, but yeah, this is where I will continue to uh, you know comment about how this is like one of the best looking Kevin Smith films as far as how it's been shot. Um, but yeah, uh, so Wallace is very much out of it at this point. And, uh, Howard tells him that he was bitten by a Brown recluse, uh, which I thought were found in far warmer climes than Manitoba, but whatever. I mean, it's a real spider, is it? It is, but Um, yeah, I thought they were, uh, quite a bit more Southern locations. Perhaps not. I don't know. Again, I'm English. Don't like poisonous yeah. spiders. <laughs> it is definitely a spider that you do not want to mess with. I know that much. But uh, yeah. Um, we don't have those. Yeah. <laughs> We're not as bad as Australia, but we do have a few critters that you do not want to mess with. That's for sure. Um, yeah. We the worst get the it's adders. Yeah. Yeah. No. Don't need those either. Don't need those. Yeah, but they're not like you're not dying from one, Joe. <laughs> you yeah. treatment. <laughs> <laughs> so we get the story from Howard that yeah, he was bitten by a spider, and you know, ultimately, name. yeah, the local doctor came over. You know, he's one of his, his neighbors, and um, yeah, I can't remember the name, but it's a name that will come back a little bit later. Um, yeah. and be many of the details. <laughs> oh yes. Uh, and no, he can't make a call because unfortunately the doctor stepped on your phone. It's in pieces. I'm sorry. And yeah, I mean, the doctor had to take some drastic measures there. And this is where, um, and I well, never no, also do we not hear before like, Oh yeah. He removed all of the phones from the house. No, we get that a little bit later. It's a bit later, and it's like in the conversation, same conversation, but just a little bit later. Um, because ultimately, um, yeah, we discover uh, there's no leg there. Um, and he starts having his massive freak out um, because, of course, he's 
missing a leg at this point. What? And, the hospital? Yeah, exactly. All uh, valid questions. All valid questions. Um, I, mean, I think also, I would be freaking out a lot sooner in this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would not be accepting a lot of these answers. And I don't know that he necessarily is. I think he's just, you know, having this massive freak out here for good reason. But yeah, yeah, we get to the point where um, Howard tries to spin the story of, oh, the doctor didn't want uh, you to be disturbed at all. The hospital hospitals are filthy places. They're filled with germs. And that's why you're here. It's sterile. It's safe. And we removed all the phones just to make sure you have the uh, moment to recuperate and relax and you're not disturbed. It's like, that doesn't make any sense. Well, it's what happened. I need to make a call. Well, you can't. It's also like this awesome, like, it is a recuperation sort of room sort of thing like you would see in a hospital. Yeah, it's like a solarium or a sunroom yeah. or something like that. Yeah, it's um, it's just but with beautifully shot. Yeah. 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 Um. And yeah, it's like the most implausible story ever. Um, and you can see Howard just breaking a little bit as he tells it. It's but the best sort of way. Oh, yeah. When he looks away or whatever. No, he's even breaking a little bit looking at him. But Wallace is like so distraught that he doesn't exactly notice the breaks because he's absolutely freaking out. He's looking around everywhere. Barely jogged up. Yeah, you got that going too. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, uh, he, he does, Howard does turn around and start to motor away in his wheelchair. And this is where, yes, absolutely. His face breaks. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, the two of them, their performances are so freaking good in this part. Oh, it's, and I mean, only just grow with both of them. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Just it's, too long. Uh, you know, I just knew you as the gay porn stuff. Uh, from, <laughs> yeah, I know him from is Ed. I remember you as a little teen in Ed. Well, the app lads back in the day too, but uh, but yeah, um, he's also had this track record of playing like the boyfriend or some other type of acquaintance of the main character in a lot of horror films where very bad things happen to him. Ultimately. Um, yeah. See barbarian. It's wonderful. He is such a scumbag. When when was die hard 4.0? Like, yeah, Yeah, that that was uh, before this for sure. But, uh, that was closer around the time of red state probably. But, uh, yeah, they met and became for, yeah. Yeah. And, Yep. But, uh, yeah, cut to, uh, dinner time, uh, where Howard admonishes Wallace for not eating and Wallace is like, well, I can't move my arms. And Howard's like, well, that's because of the morphine. And yeah, yeah. yeah, I, um, this again, like at this point, you're starting to twig. This is a horror film. Yep. But it's so much, I think it's so much scarier that this is a, feeble man old man but realistic you know than some monster or supernatural threat it is oh, yeah. character you know uh, it's just so oh, the, the film's fucking it's just, terrifying it's yeah. and we see wallace at this point come to terms that I'm he has ish uh, yeah, yeah. I think you could probably uh, in this yeah film. this is 
a shockingly grounded, stupid movie. <laughs> but, but ultimately, yeah, Wallace comes to terms with, yeah, Howard has immobilized him. And he says as much. And yeah, we get the itsy bitsy spider bit. Yeah, because he starts out like it was a brown recluse, and then Howard just kind of breaks, realizing, okay, eh, fuck it. Starts, uh, you know, teasing him with the itsy bitsy spider, and uh, this is where Howard gets up and slaps the shit out of Wallace after walking the length of the dining room. It's, it's such a great moment because he's in a wheelchair, like he's always in the wheelchair, which yeah, for reasons probably, yeah. which also then actually made the film better, probably. Of, yeah. Like, Oh, we need to work around when is, having a heart attack. Yeah. Stick him in a wheelchair. Now he's supposed to be infirm in, in this wheelchair and everything and not able to walk. But you see him clearly like cross and uncross his legs earlier. Um, so it's not like he's paralyzed necessarily. But um but yeah, yeah, I love the bit of him. I, I never know that he crossed and uncrossed his again, probably a, another cleverly layered detail. Yeah, yeah, but you oh, it's so good when he just stands up and then just walks the, the, the way he then walks there and knowing that you know how feeble he was at the time, like mm -hmm. it's a menacing walk. And the shock on Wallace's face after getting slapped. Like, oh but well no, it more like when he gets up and starts walking, it's like, ah shit. I don't have that advantage. I think even more so after being struck like that. Because now it's time to get down to business and we start to hear about the walrus suit. And wh whilst in the walrus suit, you must be a walrus. Must not make human noises. Uh -huh. Again, ripped from the ad. The original yeah. ad. Yep. And we, we get Wallace's why and... <laughs> Yes, a question for the ages, right? Is man indeed a walrus at heart? Like, what the actual fuck? Uh, this is where uh, Howard kind of goes Buffalo Bill on him just a little bit, and that Wallace starts, like, screaming, and Howard just kind of screams back at him, mocking him, very much like... Uh, yeah, very much like uh, the girl in the well in Silence of the Lambs and Buffalo Bill screaming down at her, just mocking her. Um, Were they in the middle of nowhere in Silence of the Lambs? Um, not really, but the basement yeah, was, was so well soundproofed and everything. Yeah, it, it was so I'd well like soundproofed and all that. Road even like yeah, versus um. Versus this house, which much yeah. later in the story, you know, you get all sorts of sounds that you can hear from well outside on the grounds. And you would think probably not just given the enclosure and where it's located in the house and all that, but whatever, we're not there yet. Um, oh, there was but, a great story about where they shot it and the people that were around. Like, oh, yeah. Smith turns down, like, who had the house oh, they were like, why have already shoved them in the film? We cut from here to Allie talking to someone who's uh, out of frame about almost telling Wallace that she was cheating on him before he left, uh, but ultimately feeling kind of vindicated because of all of his cheating. Did I get a pregnancy vibe also maybe here? I don't know about that. It might have been the cheating that was pregnant. I initially read it as pregnant. 
Yeah, uh, I didn't get that vibe, but um, but yeah, it, so as again, much as she does feel vindicated, she does feel bad. Flips into the cheating, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she still feels awful about what she's doing, even though she does. Feel you, see you see it Yeah, all. reach out to hold her face, and um, yeah, cut to the podcast then, where Teddy tells the audience that he'll be taking Wallace's girl out while he's away. To the what was it? Um, I think to the Getty Museum. Getty, yeah. Um, yeah yeah basically doing the uh the date that wallace would never want to do um yeah yeah uh and at this point we're we're not a hundred percent that it's teddy what is it two hours like take the time out your day like yeah exactly and then uh they cut to the uh podcast signing off and uh they go to play a little bit of foosball and this is where they talk about uh wallace's rampant cheating um yeah yeah, yeah. um it, and then back in the present uh Again, wallace i like, like you know like this guy i thought was quite a good thing for like a horror like by this point you're not massively rooting for anyone no, no. Uh, like, if you didn't think that Wallace was a massive piece of shit, which is part of the fun of a lot of horror films, oftentimes the victims are pieces of shit or they oh, do right. really horrible things and you kind of root for the killer. That's, yeah. um, you know, it's pretty common. Oh, okay. Yeah. Again, I'm not, yeah. I'm not all that familiar with horror. horror. Uh, a lot of slasher films are like that. Yeah. Like the Halloween films and nightmare on Elm street. A lot of the kids are just fucking yeah. awful. And, Ultimately, I mean, the killer is. Yeah, they are. <laughs> to be fair, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, back in the present, uh, Wallace is awoken by his cell phone with that awful, awful ringtone. And um, oh, no, no, not to throw any shade at Ralph Garman. No, he's fantastic, but the ringtone is obnoxious. <laughs> and uh he can't quite make it with the wheelchair to the phone he absolutely misses her calls she calls like twice too um and uh yeah we go back to um but okay. uh, who charges their cell phones above a sink in a bathroom like that just seems like the most that's weird place to do that like I don't think like, I, I think that's uh, kind of like people that like for a minute they're going to like I'm going to charge my cell phone in another room so that I get a more restful night of sleep. I'm not tempted to use my cell phone and blah, blah, blah. I know there are actually people like this in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, it's above a sink. I'm just there going like, but it's a perfect like, setup too for how this plays screen. out, Mark. Because uh when falls, your screen's fucked. Right, that's an expensive like you have a shower. Like it could go from Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, we're we cut back to uh her on the bed talking to somebody who's unseen. And um we, we get this wonderful editing back and forth between him uh trying to call her and then later Teddy, and then ultimately I mean, when when he's calling when he's got her voicemail, it's shot in such a way, I think. Uh-huh. She's in the background and the framed by the door. 
and you've got the phone and you see it lighting up, but the ringer's off. So you don't know that somebody's calling or at least she doesn't rather. And you can't see who she's talking to until ultimately he tries calling him him in the wheelchair. Like it's a close shot on him. Like you are just expecting him to get hit over the back of the head. Well, like, that's like, more so when he's leaving the voicemail for Teddy. No, 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 no. But no, because no, no. ultimately <laughs> it's the shot where you see the background behind him when he's leaving that voicemail. Oh, yeah, but no, 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 I know. But that's that's how they play. Like it's oh, a yeah. fucking close-up shot there. Like is can be your surprise. Like on the yep. when he's talking, and then to ultimately her, you do by surprise. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, because you do see uh, Howard other. step into frame behind him while he's yes. on the phone, leaving the voicemail for Teddy, cutting back and forth with also the phone going off, which is clearly Teddy's phone uh, in the bathroom. Uh, and that is the absolute reveal. Then, yes, this is Teddy. If you were so clueless that you could not tell that Teddy was uh, Teddy and Allie are fucking around on Wallace behind his back. Uh, yes, this absolutely confirms it. And um, he then yeah. ignores his call. Yep. He sees the call yep. and ignores it. And you get her telling him to, you know, go brush his teeth and come to bed because she doesn't want to just sit there crawling, crying all night. And, you know, he steps in and goes ahead and does that. Absolute confirmation. It's perfectly edited this back and forth. And um, I, I, I love the line in the voicemail. I don't want to die in Canada. I, I got a really good laugh out of me with that line. Um, but, yeah. American. The, how that shot is framed with him leaving the voicemail for Teddy and you see the so background behind him. Different. Yeah, you get yep. and you get and you see Howard step into frame and you're like, oh shit. It's fucking terrifying. And then he gets clubbed by the dick bone. And um, yeah, you will be a walrus or you will be nothing at all. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking love it. It's so dumb. And I love it so much. Yeah, I wouldn't say dumb. Okay, it's dumb the best ways, Mark. Yeah, it's yeah. It knows what it is. It's the war. Oh yeah, yeah. And we get cut to the next morning, and Allie waking up, and uh, she goes to the bathroom, um, grabs her toothbrush, sits down on the toilet, seeing that she has a voicemail, starts listening to it. Oh crap! I can't really hear like very faintly. Quite nicely played. I think that as well. Yeah, and uh, we have the happy couple absolutely freaking the fuck out at this point. I've got a voicemail too. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, cut to surgery time, where uh, oof, Howard starts telling the st- the tale of uh, him being a duplicitous orphan. Um, this is, is that an a- man reference with this how his no. parents died. No, well, kind of, I would assume. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it was a little bit of Batman in that, wasn't there? That but was the orphanage, of... this is very much a real thing. No, no, um, yeah, I know, I know. But I mean, like the one that... Yeah, his parents way, being killed in Montreal, I, yeah. I, I was expecting to hear an appose dropped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, but yeah, likely a nice little nod to Batman as well there. But also, it's just Kevin Smith once more, um, you know throwing out his disdain for the Catholic church 
uh, because this is absolutely one of those black marks in the church's history. Um, one of many. Yeah. The Catholic yeah. Church in cahoots with uh, the premier of Quebec, uh, who, you know, he was uh, a conservative premier who served like many terms. And they had this wonderful scheme. If they turned these boys homes into mental health institutions and they could get all this fucking money from the from the government then uh, by seeing that they're mental health institutions and then horrible, horrible shit happened to the kids that lived there. And it's, it's fucking terrifying. You know, as gross as all the other stories are that we know about the Catholic church, let's put it this way. Uh, semi recent, um, you know, uh, investigations have uncovered between 1950 and 2019. Um, 2,000 instances of abuse from 451 clergy in the state of Illinois alone. All right, okay, we're not talking about the Canada stuff, like, because I also, no. like, the Guernsey homes, like, the, where there are fields of bodies. Um, yep. I imagine there was probably from this Canada stuff as well, based on, not, you know, Yes, like, not to mention Canada, where, you know, you no, had yeah. all the uh, the Indian schools, uh, where they sent all these native kids and horrible, horrible shit happened to them too. It's, yep. and that was also a thing that happened in the States, but, uh, it's Australia. Yep, yep. Yep. Pretty, pretty horrific. And the church is just famous for covering up shit like this. Um, but yeah, well, I obviously, mean, again, Evan again. Smith has a very complicated relationship with Catholicism, um, that comes out in most of his films in one way or the other. <laughs> I would also like, I'd probably say, you know, yeah, the Catholic Church is fairly, like the Church of England, for instance, like mm -hmm. also has a lot. So covered up a ton of shit. Like, yeah. It's organized religion in most, even most religions, yeah. etc. like is a dangerous thing because it gives people power and people tend to abuse power. Um, yep. And fucked up people abuse power in fucked up ways. Yep, and uh, Howard tells the story in pretty graphic detail of how he was abused by everyone that you can possibly imagine involved with this orphanage until the moment where he escaped at age 15 and ran off to the U.S. And uh, Do you think Mr. Tuskegee helped him escape, or was the janitor in, in the abuse? Like, um, hard to say. It's, again, it was a callback, but he never references him in the the abuse, the, like the second part. Yeah. He references that he was a janitor in the boys' home, but I think that must have been a night. I think figure. that's that's uh, entirely likely that, yeah. Um, yeah, ultimately the person that did help him out was uh, Mr. Tusk. Um, yeah, yeah, and um, this is where the camera pulls back and we discover uh wallace's bloody mouth because um his tongue has been removed and his arms sewn to his sides uh it's and, and while this conversation well conversation this monologue has been going on we have been seeing all sorts of images of um like walrus and human physiology and it's yeah. all these bloody tools everywhere and just like skin hanging everywhere. It's, it's a whole thing. It's, um, 
this if you didn't know this is a fucking horror movie at this point um it also yeah. looks so realist like <laughs> the way it's done i just think for such an um it's not jason it's not whatever yeah. like it seems plausible it probably isn't but the way they show it etc robert kirksman is like yeah that it just and it's stitching you know the stitchings oh yeah like the big yeah everything yeah it's a lot feels right feels right right for like the situation or i said like really really fucked up this is not right but yeah yeah cut to ali and teddy driving to the airport where they're uh in contact with some type of authority figure in Canada, um, where they're trying to explain what's going on. And Allie makes the mix mis- uh, makes the mistake of uh, mentioning the Nazi party. And Teddy's like, no, wait, spell it, spell it. And she's hung up. On, of course. Nazi, Nazi, Nazi. Yeah. They hung up on me. Yeah. Yeah. Shocker. <laughs> But, uh, yeah. Um, and then yeah, we get, uh, Wallace in the walrus costume. Walrus now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's not exactly full walrus, but his body sure as shit is. Uh, and he's in his enclosure. He's told by Howard that walruses never cry. That'll With the chain never. wrapped around his, uh, lower extremities. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Finn. Yeah, flipper. Um, <laughs> oh God, it's it's graphic. the The suit is made from human skin, clearly, because there's like ears and other things like all over it. It's, uh, I think it's from his skin. I, I it's not all his skin. There's definitely some patches that have a bit more melanin in them. Um, oh well, yeah, but I mean, like the ear one, like there are, it isn't on the side of his face. Like the ear one isn't like. It could be his ears, etc. It could like, be his, but doing that, you would there's no it. way this entire suit is made from his skin alone. There is so much of it. Um, That's it's a problem. lot. It's and it, it's pretty clear later on that this has been well. Yeah, but then we'll also that doesn't play into your it's not his skin theory because. I think quite a bit of it has been saved um, and um, Maybe that, that's processed, but um, yeah, we'll or get there. Um, jobs. Yeah. Um, so Howard kind of monologues while Allie and uh, Teddy are, um, you know, you got the two planes of action here because he's talking to uh, his Mr. Tusk here and, um, We've got Allie and Teddy at the uh, car agency, as well as the H bar showing um, Wallace's picture around. And it's on an iPad, and it's like the dumbest picture of Wallace ever. It's it's so fucking funny. Um, And ultimately, we move on to uh, them at the police station playing the voicemails for Detective Frank Garman. (laughs) Yep. Ralph Garman. (laughs) Yeah, he gets dialogue in this film. Yes, yeah, it's certainly a step up from Red State. <laughs> He's moving up in the world. It's <laughs> I loved his Red State character. Like, Me too. He, he like he was the way terrifying in Red State. He was menacing without saying but, a word. Oh, I know. It was so good, but I love him as the detective in this because he's Canadian as fuck and. 
Again, Ralph really? Norman, master of voices. That's where he came oh, from. Oh, yeah. Like um, LA talk radio, uh, whatever, morning radio. Mm. And uh-huh. on K Rock until we got fired. And then all the other stuff he did with Kevin Smith. And all that. Yeah. <laughs> right. But. Um... Yeah, uh, he he tells the the couple that um, there there is no Howard Howe in Manitoba, um, and they're going to file a, mi- a missing persons report. You know, just like in the states, same process. Um, and then again, a little bit of a logic the, problem there, I think. Yeah, because so typically somebody's got to be missing for a while. Database that should have come up with the other the stuff that comes in later yeah exactly Um, unless you know this is very very much local police and it's the whole these jurisdictions don't talk to each other don't you yeah oh yeah that's much more of a problem in the states i would think than canada but apparently it's a thing in canada i don't know yeah it probably is again Rights and all that bullshit. Could be, could be, but um, I know he comes from Quebec, right? So it'd be um, for the systems. Oh yeah, the point. He does come from uh, Quebec, but you know we'll get to him. Uh, But this is where uh, uh, Detective Garman and the couple, um, you know, they're talking about the disturbing bit in the voicemail about the leg, and that causes Garman to think of um, something that's. Something from the past. Um, he, there was a guy, uh, you know, a former inspector from uh, Quebec who had come by not long ago uh, investigating a serial killer, which, you know, doesn't exist in Canada. He's, he makes this crack about the only serial killer we know about is the guy who took down all the Captain Crunch at the local convenience store, the pothead. Um, but um, ultimately, it yeah. been a Tim Bits joke. I think that would have been better as the Tim Bits joke. But. Yeah, me too. But um and and they do bring up a uh, Tim Hortons reference a little bit later, but uh but uh he he digs out the card from the uh the inspector and uh jots down the phone phone number and gives it to the couple. Uh, there there is a wonderful moment here too where he asks them about Wallace and you know wh- what kind of guy was he was he you know a cheater was he you know and you see their faces just fall and they're like no no he he, he wasn't but now she on that she yeah but both of their faces are like you know um uh yes and it's not that so I'm not gonna say that because otherwise it will. Yep, exactly. That's going to make everything just seem like, you know, he's run off with a woman. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but he uh, he's enough of a dickhead to have actually like left him those voicemails, like to run off with a woman. Yeah, or just to fuck with them. Of that character, I don't think. Certainly yeah, or, or just to fuck with them for the sake of the podcast, really. Yeah. I mean, I could buy that too from this character. But no. Because he didn't get to the podcast recording. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, yeah he, he passes the number along and back to Tunless Wallace screaming at Howard. And uh, we get the moment where he is about to be taught to swim. And it's just Howard grabbing the controls. Uh, uh, the chain is on a winch and it pulls Wallace into the water. And can you imagine trying to swim in this walrus suit? It's also, no, you're gonna say that they were absolutely 
petrified to have Michael Park. Oh, I bet. <laughs> it's really fucking dangerous to fall in. <laughs> oh, I, I would think they would be concerned <laughs> just about Justin Long and the walrus suit in the water. Um, but yeah, this is... Yeah, I can. He did some of this stuff as well. Like. Oof. And this is where he, he sinks under the water. And I mean, like, from this point on, like, his acting is his eyes. Oh, yeah. Justin yeah, Long's absolutely. Is his eyes, his eyes and his face. movements. His movements are really interesting as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he sinks under the water and then opens his eyes. And this is where he discovers his predecessors rotting in this pool. I, and many of them. But that's oh, where I'm saying. Yeah. Like, they've all still got their suits on. So yeah, but skin um, other people that. Well, we find fired. out that there's 23 victims before him. How many full walruses do you think were ultimately made? Yeah, but I mean, like that's 23 that the detectives know about, and this man is a exactly ghost. whatever. So like, ultimately, I think like he has saved a good amount of human skin, and they never found a body of. And yeah, they find bodies again. I don't think they they don't know about those ones in the bottom of the pool. They know yeah. about other ones where they found the bodies. Yeah. It's probably the 23, not the ones at the bottom of the pool. Well, and they talk about how they're not full bodies. They're skinned yeah. and ultimately, you know, mutilated. Very as well. outrageous, Cause you've got to imagine yeah. a fair amount of those people die in shock. Yeah. And, like and, when and he's doing those things we, like we, when he's halfway through and then he just discards them or, Mm-hmm. Them and then discards them and yeah. uses them when the he's done with them ultimately uh yeah. when he's finished with them uh we cut here to our introduction to guy lapoint who's uh, been hunting this guy for the past 10 years again yeah uh mr lapoint uh, of course is played by johnny depp not credited as johnny depp but clearly johnny depp and wow is his accent inconsistent throughout this film it's yes it's, you will you will find out you're like hey, and there's this like yeah. and there's things to come and all the rest of it so oh yeah, yeah he, easy <laughs> easy easy get because at this point lily rose depp and other films were yeah. not old enough so had like by under law you know american film law had to have a parental guardian on set in order to film <laughs> so, <laughs> you know it was like you're all kind of here, a perfect like, situation yeah yeah um again this unfortunately i'm gonna have to spoil the best points of it but you can see it on this and unfortunately my spot is a little bit offside did you notice his nose um, I wasn't paying as much attention to no, that was as I was his yeah. eyes being slightly not looking in the same direction. Oh, no, I mean, and like, this was all Johnny Depp. Yeah. So he has a dick nose and there's a blue vein down the side. There's, oh, a, like, there's literally a thing. I've seen yoga hoses. He brought his own makeup out. <laughs> it's just <laughs> and prosthetics. I'm just like, literally, he's like, Kevin was like, what? Okay. Yeah. Fine. And it's it's a lot more pronounced than a dick nose. But that was like his his thing for the character was I want him to have a dick nose. So yeah, we're we're introduced to Mr. Laplante at this fast food restaurant that's by the airport. And um 
the the trio are sitting there having their conversation and of course the 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 employee is played by jennifer schwalbach smith um who is who is playing actually harley's mum that's funny it comes up in yoga hoses but it's the same thing you know it like all connects together like it's actually playing harley's mum yeah and uh yeah as he eats this massive meal of sliders and fries and milkshakes and everything else uh he kind of tells the story about how there's 23 victims how there's probably soon to be a 24th if uh if your uh wallace is actually captured by this guy um you know he talks about how he would be dead yeah yeah how uh ultimately his uh buddy's back on the force you know, they used to call this guy the first wife, uh, because ultimate, <laughs> because you can't go anywhere. <laughs> um, can't what else? Go. Yeah. You, you can't, can't talk, talk. You can't go anywhere. And, and he doesn't fuck you. <laughs> Cause all yeah. All plays into this character. of oh. like his backstory and all the rest of it of like, weird. Yeah. Obviously there's sexual abuse, sexual abuse and that lot as well. But like, to him, he's a gent- like he wouldn't propagate the abuse that he received. Nope. He's applying I, different abuse in a way, or whatever. I, you know, I also like, love um, uh, Laplante's uh, description of what he's doing to these people about how he sews their arms to their sides like yeah. a crucified T Rex, <laughs> and he throws his arms up there. Yep, Again, uh, like the acting, like. Fucking Johnny Depp is in a fucking Kevin Smith <laughs> like, That's so weird. And like, was not promoted. Like, I don't think it was in any of the trailers or anything. I, I don't think remember. so either. I don't remember. Like, it was just like, what the fuck is that Johnny Depp in a Kevin Smith film? Like, yeah. again, Johnny Depp, like, at this point as well, was like, pirates, not Johnny, you oh. know, like, was like, what? Yeah, we weren't eight, quite down on eight. him at this point. Yeah, because it was uh, 10 years ago. But uh, it's at this point where he invites the... Yeah, you don't expect uh, yeah. a giant actor, like suddenly for a giant actor to come out of nowhere. Well, I mean, well, like the films like Revu uh, and all the rest of it, but yeah. uh, certainly not to this level. <laughs> because <laughs> we are introduced to our uh, fifth main character yeah. at this point. So it's at this point in the conversation with the couple where he invites them to lean in and he has to ask them repeatedly to do so, so he can tell them the story about how two years back, he thinks he actually met this guy. And we cut to the flashback where of course the little, uh, you know, the little byline says two years back and it's in Quebec. And, um, it was about, and he tells you already before you cut to the flashback, the character, which is, I, I think I'm fairly sure is about a hockey player who went missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, what was the, um, the hockey player? Gregory Gumtree. Yes. We get yeah. the, the Gregory coming back and, you know, Gumtree, of course. Yeah, but, oh, yeah. But, oh, no, it's Gregory Gumtree, isn't it? But I think this is also maybe a reference to Kevin Smith's cancelled film, Hit Somebody, ah. because then the goon came out. <laughs> it was literally, it was making the same <laughs> <laughs> And he literally had Sean scott williams like to play him <laughs> so, actually no but yep. yeah it's gregory gumtree so yeah no that's where they're at. yep so you get this uh little cabin with um 
yeah, clearly Howard sitting on uh, the front porch and uh, Did you notice what was hanging? Uh, I wasn't paying attention to that. No, what's the hanging up there? Server behind him. Oh, yeah, there you go. It comes back later, which is the Anastasia yep. life preserver. Yep. Um, so, yeah, the, you get this very awkward conversation with obviously uh how is trying to play another character the name of the doctor that he mentioned earlier in the film uh and he tries to play off the oh yeah you're with the police oh well i had called a few days ago because i've got this brown recluse in my outhouse and you know and he tries to play himself off as sort of this backwoodsy hick type character and uh oh, oh i do the oh yeah yeah i i help coach the little you know like well, no, kind of the, i don't coach i i just I'm no just he helps out it's like the peewee hockey team or whatever and you know yeah. sweep up after mm -hmm. yeah. and uh laplante is like well you know i'm not here to take care of the spider no no he's like have you come to kill the brown <laughs> right 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 it's like can't, discar can't discharge my weapon and you know unfortunately i'm I not big enough to also deal with the house yes absolutely yep and uh we get um uh, it's some like it's not like hey do you want to come in it's like oh well, i've done this, you know like oh are you here for yeah, he's oh, just trying to get him into a situation where he can get one over on him and uh and he's trying to get him to go oh i'll help you with this okay yeah, as opposed exactly. to come in, where it's like, oh, I'm hunting a serial killer. Maybe I'm not exactly. coming in. Like it's 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 a very yeah. he's he's trying to disarm him. him. He's trying to you know yeah exactly. And uh, Guy tells the couple how you know little did I know that I was probably you know standing outside of the cabin where uh, you know uh, Gregory Gumtree was being kept. Um, you know what what's the poutine uh, restaurant that. Um, that how mentions poutini weenie was there ever a poutini weenie um <laughs> i don't yeah i don't know yeah but all the other yeah. stuff was, wasn't real so right right yeah it, he even says as much you know was there a poutini weenie i don't know then, um, oh you're suddenly like going well was the ms hemingway story real like right was that something different that bottle or something like again like this this is a master storyteller oh yes um, and yeah, they, they talk about how, uh, they found fragments of gum trees, tibia in the mouth holes, because he talks about all the victims have uh, a couple of holes in their mouths and how the other people on the force, they thought might have something to do with like meat hooks or whatever, holding them up while he worked on him. But, uh, he wasn't so sure, but you've seen it earlier. Him carving mm -hmm. the tusks. Mm -hmm. yep and polishing that bone when wallace was waking up and yeah. yep because he's turning the like, bones oh, in yep which again uh, is quite good like because again like rejection of like if you're trying to do things to people the more that you yep. have their own dna like is less likely to get rejected and yep and before he was let go he went to visit gumtree's mother and um <laughs> when visiting with her you know she made the comment that this man is making a monster and of course it's this super like french canadian accent that he's using for gumtree's mother um but uh 
yeah, cut to Howard and uh, Wallace, uh, where he's got the wonderful line, I've, uh, I've only ever known a human to be an ocean of shit. And there's something more to it, and I can't quite remember what it is, but... Uh, just but, enthralling. Like, yeah. Even when you're oh, yeah. that notion of shit, you're just... It's hypnotic, like, right? Yeah. It's... It's the tone, it's the pattern, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. There was a mm-hmm. great that cadence of his State. speech, yeah. The, the making of Red State, like, podcast series that he did where they got Michael Parks on, he, like, tells a lot of his life story. Like, it is just, it is that. Like, he's, his cadences, and he just is like, <laughs> you just sat there going, wow, like, yeah, tell me a story. Like, anything. Yeah. <laughs> tell me about you walking down to the local shop and buying a so we talk about justin lawn doing so much of his acting with his eyes uh throughout the rest of this film but but this is where his physicality comes through for me because it's mackerel time and you know bon appetit monsieur tusk and when he slaps that mackerel down on the rock and wallace just turns towards it with this big jolt it's, I mean, how long, like, you haven't seen him be fed in any way, shape, or form? Oh, yeah. Well, they but... talk about how you must be, you know, very hungry by now. Yeah. And, yeah, just the way he snaps to the direction of the mackerel is, again, it just, it does it for me as far as his physical acting as the walrus. Um, and, oh, God, what does is, uh, what is, uh, Howard say after he steps behind the door and opens up the porthole? feed <laughs> and he finally does he um i i don't know how easily you could without a tongue and with having to you know kind of work your mouth around these tusks as well trying to jam part of this mackerel into your face um can't be easy it's gotta be it's fairly light it's not heavy like when you like fish is it like you could probably suck that up I suppose, and you know they don't. You got your tusks as well, don't you? Yeah. Again, it's got to be difficult, but also depends on how hungry you are. You know what I mean? You're going to make that shit happen, right? Um. Yeah. And then um, this is where we've got uh, Guy Laplante and um, Allie and Teddy getting into the rental car together, and I I love all of his comments about. Oh, this is, you know, a really nice yeah, house. And did you prepay for the gas? And yeah. <laughs> um, and this is where he's like. Into a light ad lib. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it, part it, of Kevin actually letting you. Yeah. Um, and this is where he asks him, okay, now in order to track him down, I need to know who knows Wallace the best. And now he's like, oh, it's me. It's me. You know, and you're a bit like, eh, does she, but yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, he's like, okay, well, when people go out on a road trip, you know, people have patterns, you know, there's certain things that people do. This is where we get the Tim Hortons line about, you know, I always get a double, double with, uh, you know, like eight sugars and a little splash of milk and, you know, and you know, some people, you know, have to get, you know, this and that and whatever. Um, and she has to think for a minute, but she's like, oh, wait a minute. He always has to get one of those cartoonishly over large, 
uh, you know, soft drinks from a convenience store. Cut to the A to Z. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, we got Colleen and Colleen and they show the photo and it's like, it's Mr. Mustache. I love this bit too, where uh, Harley Quinn uh, calls for uh, Lily Rose to come on over and take a look, and she's walking so slowly, and she's like, "I'm coming." <laughs> it's just like robotically slow, and um, yeah, they look at the photo, and it's like, "Yeah, that is Mr. Mustache," and um, yeah, we. This is where we're treated to Wallace's horrible interaction with them from a few nights ago. And it's like the, the overly long version of it where they're mocking him with the uh, little pocket combs, uh, making fun of his mustache. And, you know, he's having more of a conversation with them, how he used the woman who's standing there at the counter as something to put the notepad on to, to write something. Um, ultimately, this is where I, I, I find this bit more of uh, this is their unreliable, um, their unreliable uh, narration in that the, the line, um, about how you know these two wonderful angels and so on and so forth even though yeah they do you know bring it across that he was an absolute dick it's just there's so much more to it and there's things like okay if he was being an absolute dick i well sure it may have been sarcastic um no he never would have said all of this and he maybe didn't say all of this and we cut back to the present day and they're like do you still have this notepad and um, he grabs a pencil and he starts doing the little rub on it to, you know, get what had been written down. And this is where Teddy's like, oh, it's like the big Lebowski. And LaPlante's like, you know, funnily enough, this is where I learned it. That's wow. Isn't this interesting? <laughs> it's, and, and you get the address, but a noticeable lack of dick picture on the pad uh, like the big Lebowski. That would have been great if that had been there, too. Um, but uh Yeah. Yeah, I, I I love this a little bit. It's um that watch yoga hoses. It's a great film. <laughs> that I might have to finally break and do that. Yeah, uh, and then we cut back to uh, Pippi Hill where uh, Howard takes Wallace swimming, and you know, little by little, you see uh, Wallace. You know, yeah, more yeah. than shirtless. Yeah, well, you um, find that out late. Yeah, fairly yeah, soon. When he shoves his head underneath, gives another aspect to it. Yeah, but, but uh, yeah, little by little, you are seeing Wallace become Mister Tusk. He is. It's happening. Uh, He's also starting to get maybe a little bit Stockholmed as well. Like, yeah, his provider of food. Like, he needs to keep him happy because he knows yeah. that all of these other ones died. Yeah, like I have no way out at this point. Yep, I need to acquiesce. Like yep. I need to like keep being fed, otherwise I'm gonna die. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, play uh, along, play along for a bit. Yep, this is where uh, after he shoves him under and everything, where Howard finally comes clean I mean, about his eyes when he's under. Like, is 
Oh, I know. It's terrifying. Yeah. Well, no, it's, it's terrifying. I was so terrified. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where we um, get uh, Howard finally admitting and coming clean about eating Mr. Tusk just the moment before he was rescued. An hour, an hour before they showed up. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He's, you know, got uh, Mr. Tusk's blood all over him as he's waving them down and he realizes it as with, the search light the, finds him. And doesn't he pick up the life preserver or something as well or something? And it's. Yeah, he's like waving his arms and shit and all that. Yeah, yeah it's uh but yeah, um he's so yes, just the moment before he was rescued. Yeah, I may I may pilot you know, river of shit or whatever it was, you know. Yeah. He so he wants Mr. Tusk to have the opportunity to fight back. And this is where we get the ass shot because clearly he's been naked in the water with him. You know, he's throwing his towel on. Um you know, uh, nice looking friend. good for his age. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, this is where we get the trio finding uh, Wallace's rental and LaPlante's like, nah, he's not in there. Don't worry about him. Uh, and yeah, time to so break out the guns. Also, like, yeah, come on. And this was clearly his base of operations, probably for most of this. Like he may have then gone onto satellite ones, like yeah, part that you saw. But this, is like serial killers do, <laughs> ultimately, yeah, came out like came back where his like thing. He aimed, yep. like he's killed twenty three people. Yep, he knows yep. what like, how deep a lake is to dump a rental car in. It's not going to be sticking out the lake. Another yeah. one of my little like, mm, you know, not as close yeah. like I, I find this more of a nod towards uh, Psycho ultimately because you have the same situation, oh, vehicles yeah. sticking out of the yeah, water. That's probably why a lot of the plot points where I had problems with you're like, oh, this is a nod to a horror film. Yeah, it's all fairly tropey at the end yeah. of the day, right? So this is where Laplante, yeah, guess, um, like Kevin Smith making his first full out horror film. Like, yeah, he's going to throw in every, it's a Kevin Smith film, it's reference central. He's going to throw in every shot reference that he can to another horror film. Yep. So this is where LaPlante is going to break out the guns and he offers them to the Americans and they're like, huh? And Teddy is like, no, I do not want a gun. He's, he asks him, what kind of American are you? This is, this is where, um, Allie, uh, just yells at him, take the fucking gun. And Laplante's like, yes, take the fucking gun. <laughs> He's like, I'll take the big one. He picks up the shotgun. Um, and this is where we get Fleetwood Mac's Tusk kicking off. And it's so good. I I always said listen to some more of the podcast because I bet you he says somewhere how much he paid for that. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I'm sure it was not cheap. Um oh, it prob- is is Tusk a big Fleetwood Mac song? Um, it was big at the time. It's, um, from 79. Um, it's, it's interesting. It's orchestration because you've got the, uh, the USC marching band playing on it. It's, um, it's interesting song, uh, but it's got that driving drum beat to it too. It's great. It's perfect. Yeah, like the this. music, like there isn't that much of it, in, but like, it's so well played again, like, oh, yeah. like in the same it, way. It propels not, the, the rest this, uh, I mean, like, of this movie. It's like is on the note, you know, is actually like, yeah. What was oh, it? Yeah. Tusk. 
Is it literally called, it's literally yeah. called Tusk? Yeah. Exactly. Right. Here's your theme music now. Yep. Uh, cut to Wallace uh, finding himself squaring off against Howard in his own walrus suit this time. Uh, he yeah. must choose to die or fully become Mr. Tusk. A reference from the podcast as well, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's got smaller, like, he's got smaller tusks and they're not, they're in the suit not into his jaw right right they're kind of like at his forehead really we know they're not oh. he pulls it down they're at his thing but they're wobbly like they're not affixed right etc like they aren't weapons really yep in his thing. um yeah, this is where we start getting the two planes of action as uh, the walruses square off and start fighting, and we get With LAE. The walruses fighting on the projector in the background. Yeah, yeah, behind them, yeah. Like, it's just like, yep. if you don't know how walruses fight, this is how walruses fight. So this is, like, what you're right. seeing here of, like, just in case, like. Yep. So like uh, look absolutely shit. Like, this is actually what yes. it looks like. So we're getting the two planes of action of them fighting and Allie, Teddy and LaPlante uh, exploring the property. And Wallace must be extra loud at this point because they can hear him outside on the grounds. Um, and Allie like calls out for him. And um, but it is a big like that room is just like concrete. Yeah. It's, and it's like a concrete domey, like whatever. Like that would be quite a soundproofing thing i think no 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 it sounds a sound amplifying i don't know because i I feel like there's so much concrete that ultimately you know it's just not gonna get out but maybe there's like a lot of venting i don't know regardless uh we get the either you go fall full walrus or this howard says to him and charges him again um and then uh, this is when we get uh, Allie and Teddy finding the operating room and they see uh, uh, the legs sticking out of the ice bucket. Um, yeah, it's good. Um, let's see. Is that another uh, reference? Um, I don't know that that's necessarily a reference. It could be, but. Uh, yeah, it's probably one used very often, so. Yeah. And then um, I love all the shots of them exploring the house and like the one where they're looking over the, the, the stair rail and lo- the way the camera kind of pulls back from them and all that. That's sure, it's cool. a bit Scooby-Doo maybe. I don't know. Or, or something. Um, it might be referencing a specific film, yeah. but, uh, but I just, I love the way it's shot. It's yeah. Really it's, cool. it's very stylized. Um, and very, yep. like, yeah. And um, it feels very seventies actually. Um, and also like, Where's Guy Lapointe at this point? Like they, they very enough. Yep. Yeah. Clearly somewhere else. Um, and this is where Howard starts to stand upright and break free of the flesh. Well, no, 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 no. He, well, no. Justin Long starts winning. Mm. Justin Long starts posing an actual threat to him like he's, he's going for it has gone full worth <laughs> going for it so he but yes up. he stands up and all the seams kind of break free and he raises the dick bone to strike but that's when wallace i'm not the sure. tusk into his foot i'm not sure it looked more like an axe than the dick bone i think yeah, i think it was the dick bone was it? Okay, maybe. I, could, I couldn't really work out what it 
but I just, the way I, you know what? I need a count of how many times we've said dick bone in this podcast because yeah. I'm sure it's a lot. But uh, ultimately, I'm, I'm yeah. saying certain words because it will get you like shadow banned on YouTube. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but ultimately, yes, right. Wallace brings uh, his tusk down into Howard's foot. And then Howard, you know, of course, screams and then falls onto his back and Wallace starts to stab him repeatedly with his tusks. And then and... you get the fucking shot mm-hmm. of him up with the wo- with the tusks. The bloody tusks. And yeah. Dripping. And uh, yeah. we get Teddy and Allie uh, blasting open this doorway because they can hear him behind this wall. And uh, Howard says to him, you are my Mr. Tusk. Um. Yeah, and they kind of uh, the couple bursts into the enclosure, and they find uh, Wallace gone it's full virus. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. And uh, you know she you know cries out, and uh, and we get uh, Laplante uh, walking slowly in behind them, kind of covered in shadow with the shotgun, and he starts to raise the shotgun, and you hear her scream out "No!" and we cut to black. Why well, no? No, he points his. Fully points mm-hmm. it. You just expecting the click, but you don't hear it, and you get the text on the black screen one year later, and it's Allie and uh, Teddy pulling up to an animal sanctuary in Manitoba. She's uh, like yeah. that was way too close to the visitor center. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's it's very weird. Um, but yeah, like, weird. You put that out the back, like you don't like. Yeah, you're gonna have that pretty well you're hidden. Yes, be able to lean over the railings of the business center, and, like, or maybe yep. you would if you're a ring yeah, animal sanctuary. But, but ultimately, as they, they exit the car, enclosures or anything. she she clearly has this package wrapped in newspaper that she's cradling as they get out of the car. But you know what it is. You know what it is. Um. So yeah, uh, they they get up to the handrail there, and you see the little enclosure down below where it's the life preserver still and the beach ball and all that, and it's this little igloo. And then all of the little, do you not see all of the, the, the drink cups everywhere? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love how those are just everywhere throughout the film. And it's so rough. good. Yep. As well, yep. he's been out on uh, yeah, mm-hmm. way onto them and um, stuff. Yeah. Yeah, she Great calls sex. out for Wallace. I mean, you've he, got to give the set designers in this film like so much credit. Oh yeah, like oh yeah, it is so like everything is so like the bottle in the case and the like everything mm-hmm. that is everything so down to the little like, water closet with the toilet paper cozy and everything. Um, she calls out to Wallace. He doesn't respond. She opens the paper and reveals a great big old fish. She throws it into the enclosure. Come on. Give him a bloody burger or something. (laughs) I mean, that would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. But, but she knows she knows. Sushi for fuck's sake. (laughs) Give him some fucking sushi. Like even some gas station sushi. Come on. Um, Give him gas station. Because my point is going to be like, what does raw fish do? Like a raw, eating a raw macro or something like that. Like, can we digest that shit? Could I don't know. There's there's plenty of whitefish that's in, you know, raw whitefish in sushi. It's not my yeah. favorite. I am much more of a tuna or salmon kind of person. Yeah, I myself. Like whitefish, so 
I don't know. But, uh, know but it just seems, and also like, but if he's eat, like, I want the like because the bones like would go. I know, I know. Like, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. Not but he's right pretty thing. well gone for a walrus, yes. Um, now, once she throws the fish, but give him fucking sushi so it doesn't fuck up his insides and end up with diarrhea. <laughs> that would be a kindness, <laughs> I suppose. But yeah, it's not until they throw the fish down there that he emerges and he snarfs some of it down. And uh, they call out to him, tell Teddy, telling him uh, he doesn't need to hide from them. And he finally looks up at them, and that's when we cut to a flashback from the day before he left for Canada. Uh, it's an expanded version of the scene uh, where Allie is telling him a story about her grandfather after her grandmother died and how she told him not to cry and how he told her back, now it's good to cry. What separates us from the animals and proves we have a soul. Back to the present, she's crying her eyes out, staring at Wallace down in the enclosure. Yeah, and, I mean, um, it's Yeah. Yeah, uh, she tells him that she loves him, and he just stares and moans at her, and Teddy just leads her That's away. also fucked up from her, right? Oh, it is. Like, it telling, totally telling him he, she, tell, her telling him that he, she loves him is giving him hope that he does not deserve. That is fucked No, but it might be the kind of hope that he needs to live, I don't know, because Teddy leads her away. And we cut back to Wallace and tears start to roll down his face and tusks. And then the camera pans over to the waiting pool and credits. <laughs> and then mid credits, well, no, we get say, audio from the so, podcast. So credit is like, um, oh, I can't get all of their names. So Haley Joel Osmond, Justin Long, Michael Parks. Um, I can't remember her name. <laughs> and then, Gila point. <laughs> and then to your other credits. And then when you get to the like the actors' credits, Gila Point. Gila Point. Johnny mm. Depp was literally not credited on this film. <laughs> it might have been a requirement for Johnny Depp being in this film. <laughs> I think he's credited. I'm fairly sure he's credited on Yoga Hoses, but <laughs> <laughs> again, it's like my daughter's in it, I'm here anyway. Like Okay, yeah. yeah. Can I have a dick nose, please? Okay. <laughs> dick so, nose wasn't good enough. I'm bringing my makeup artist to the next film so I can have I'm presenting <laughs> to the next film so I can have a really big, uh, proper dick nose. I really do appreciate that they bring the uh, original podcast recording into the credits here. Yeah, it's, it's heavy. Yeah. Not, I've, again, I've been listening to it before this. I've got a little bit more. But yeah, I mean, for those of us that, you know, hadn't listened to the podcast before seeing this movie, I think that's okay. fun. Yeah. Unfortunately, it is now behind the paywall that Kevin Smith Well, worth your subscription and all the rest of it. Um, episode 257, The Walrus and the Carpenter is a fantastic listen. It lays out so many things about the film. A couple of different things is. um. Um, don't care about the outside. Don't show. <laughs> oh, you need that for your third act tension. So maybe, maybe we'll pull back on that one. Um, uh, John Cusack is the lodger. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> 
He's done some horror films. Um, the podcast was literally also recorded. Oh, one second. Audio listeners, Mark has gone to grab something slightly out of his reach. Yeah, um, was literally the day he submitted his script for Clerks 3. Right. Right. <laughs> and thank God they, uh, it was like, and he literally says, throw out the script to Clerks 3. Just submitted it that day. Thankfully they did. And we got the greatest <laughs> movie of all time, Clerks 3. Clerks 3 is a very well-made film. Greatest it's movie of all time. Greatest yep. movie of all time. If you have any affinity for any of the Isk universe, yep. you are going to cry your fucking eyes out watching that movie. But I mean, this I one's not like, done yet. Because can I, can, I, can I have that as my next horror film? I don't know that that counts, Mark. I mean, come on. Ugh. Oh, shit. Right. oh it's, it's a very good movie though um but yes this film is not quite done yet because we do get a post-credit scene we have yeah guillapont with uh a few digestive issues because he never should have had that final second, slider second slider yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh, it's, at least it wasn't the poutine because that just gives him the horrible shit. So, uh, now I can mess up some poutine. That's some good stuff. No, you but, can't. Uh, why not? Well, not unless you're in Canada. You can't. <laughs> you can make your own poutine, dude. Uh, I can't. Well, can, mate, you can't get the prof- You can't get the poutine cheese, right? It's illegal. Cheese, cheese curds. Yes, you can buy cheese curds. I knew I thought it was illegal. No. I've never heard such a thing. But uh, that said, yes, you can buy cheese curds. They're quite prevalent in Wisconsin, actually. Are they the cheese curds? um, I think there is a difference, Uh, I believe. Whatever. Cheese curds are going to be cheese curds and fries and gravy. Let's do it. Um... But yeah, yeah, that's Tusk, man. That's <laughs> entry one to the great, uh, great North trilogy, uh, great white North. Yeah, yeah. The what is it? Uh, True North. True North trilogy. Yeah. True North trilogy. There we go. Yeah, I have the worst time remembering that too. Um, <laughs> but uh, oh, me, yeah. George. Yeah, looking forward to this, Jaws. Yeah, it's uh, you know, you, there are some resources that still say twenty twenty three. That sure as shit isn't going to happen. No, but uh, he's literally filming. I might get to see some filming of Kevin Smith, maybe, possibly. His <laughs> cinema. He's filming, uh, filming the 420 movie currently, or will be very, very shortly at his cinema in Red Bank, New Jersey. I'm going to go visit. There you go. Um, and very the cool. Stash and the quick stop. It might be the reason I'm flying to New York. <laughs> Literally, is the reason. And Beef Burger as well in the American. Mark, football. soak up the experience, please. Yeah. Um. So, Mark, uh, yeah, final no, next is filming. Movie, yeah, so it'll be 2025. Uh, God, it's a shame. I hope it's not that long, but it probably will be. Um, Mark, so, final thoughts on Tusk. I mean. 
creative like it's again we saw it with red state it was just an extension of kevin smith just getting creative and i only think it has helped like and again also like his i don't want to be a filmmaker or all the rest of it like hate all of his like implosion there of like but then and tusk i think was one of the films that really like brought him back after red state and all the rest of it of like yeah I'm well it was his film after cop out too so yeah very much brought oh, no, him yeah, back yeah, into yeah yeah he was, you know, yeah, he was a serious was conversation being on the podcast and he was like i need to make that i need to make this movie because no one else is going to make this movie mm-hmm. and i think the world is a better place for this movie being in it because again oh, oh, yeah. this was i believe michael park's last performance in a film, there may have been the cameo, so uh, but um, yeah, and again, Red State, like, and what a performance! Come on, they were they they gave Michael Parks, who is undoubtedly a fantastic actor who got completely and utterly blacklisted in Hollywood and didn't get to do what he loved and had to do other things and all the rest of it, got got to let him deliver some performances to modern audiences that they would say, you know, mm-hmm. and like bring him back into the zeitgeist. Uh, yeah. Because, and the reason he got blackballed was because he spoke out about, um, he was like, he spoke out about me too in the sixties or seventies yeah. and therefore got blackballed like about directors abusing their power and being really shitty to co-stars and all the rest of it something very very relevant today yeah um, and again obviously something you would be heralded for today but you got what you got kicked out of the industry back yeah. there so you know it was lovely to give like let him have those final like Yes, I am a fantastic actor. Actor, I deserved a fucking Oscar. You know, all that. Like, here are the performances, and I cannot wait for long, uh, long, long, lonesome highway from Josh Ralph to come out. The story of his life. It is. Gonna That'll be, be cool. That that's absolutely going to be worth a watch. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, and he's got everyone in. If you can get quite he will do it, but. And, and honestly, Mark, uh, this film is absolutely worth a rewatch for many. You know, I, I'm, I'm very thankful that we had the opportunity to do this because I did not have a very wonderful opinion about this film. Like I said, I'd only seen it the one time before this, and I just don't have good memories of it. You know, either you probably went in expecting a Kevin Smith film, maybe, or just something that was more of a straight up horror film and less of what we got. Who knows? But, uh, but yeah, I was not overly enamored with this in my first watch through, but, uh, now having seen this a couple of times over the past couple of days, um, yeah, I very much appreciate this film so much more. Um, yeah, so but, much to it, especially when you like when when you actually know where it's going. There's yeah. so much laid out. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like a fucked up Ted Lasso. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like go back and watch season one of Ted Lasso. You will see so many little things in the background. Oh yeah, didn't realize meant anything. Oh yeah, that then become big things. Like this film is a lot of that. Like when you know where it's going, it's there's so much foreshadowing that doesn't. You don't even realize until you're 
30 mm-hmm. minutes into the film, what film you're watching. Again, like Red State. Yeah, yeah, that as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mark, if you'd like, where can people find you? Uh, I'm still at the Indie Boy one on Twitter for now. <laughs> I'm probably not going to replatform. I'm probably just going to disappear into the ether. Yeah. But, uh, there will be a community zoom in September. Um, again, unfortunately, it's on the Twitter, but you can load it in your browser, or whatever. Like, <laughs> there'll be a link posted there. You don't need to be on Twitter to see it. Yeah, hopefully yeah. I can swing by for at least a few hours. Um, yeah. my, my work schedule is shit on the weekends for uh, the month of September, but I've it is what it date. is. I've got your date, so it will probably be try to be tied in with you and everyone else that I can do it. And yeah, no, it'll be it'll be fun regardless. Yeah. It's always good to see the regular crowd for those. So yeah, yeah. looking forward to that, man. Um well, again, thank you again for coming on. It's uh, it's always thank appreciated. The conversation you. is always good. So it's uh, thank you for saving that thirty nine thirty seven. Yeah, things may not have necessarily been recorded. It's thirty seven, not necessarily recorded in a robe. But released, it will be released (laughs) as the 37. I I literally pulled heaven (laughs) to make sure it was. And I appreciate you for that. I really do. I'm going to be cool, Greg. (laughs) Yep. 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 But, uh, yeah, there you go, man. That, oh, God, that was a fun one, too. Those of you who have, thank you. But uh, yeah, thanks again, Mark. Uh, This has been Murders with Mertens, a horror film podcast. Thank you for letting us tickle your ear holes. Please like, share, and subscribe if you are so inclined. I'll be back soon enough with another episode. But until next time, stay spoopy, everyone.